Well, welcome back to Ultra 64. Uh, we are the Internet's comprehensive Nintendo 64 podcast, and we are very, very excited because we have a special guest joining us today. Oh, man, this guy wears so many hats. He is a writer. He is a journalist. He is a musician. He is an actor. He is a community manager. He's done a little bit of everything, including being a video game character. He is, this is the first time we have interviewed someone in one of the games we played. I know. This is the thing. I've I've been a journalist. I worked as a journalist for several years. Uh, I have my degree in journalism. I've interviewed a lot of people. I've never gotten to interview a video game character, so this is very exciting. Uh, please welcome Dan Amrick to the show. Hello, Dan. How, how is the audience supposed to welcome him, Steve? They're Why, at home. Well, they're I, home I actually, cheering. Yeah. If they're in their cars or something, they're probably just saying, you know, oh, yes, well, welcome, Dan. Yeah. I assume everybody is, is now just saying that. Everyone's so, saying so, it out yes. loud. People yeah. are walking thank down you. the street it's, with their earbuds. It's nice to be here. Oh, thank you so much for agreeing to come on. Yeah, we... Uh, we we were kind of researching the uh, uh, upcoming episode on NBA Hangtime and its sequel, NBA Showtime, and we were looking into who the hidden characters in this game were, and one of them was Ed Boon, the from uh, Mortal Kombat, which made sense, 1995 sure. Midway game. Would be surprised if he wasn't in it. And then the other was Dan Emmerich, who uh, I, I admit I had to look up who you were, and then I saw the name Dan Electro, and I'm like, oh, I know immediately who this guy is. I used to read your uh, reviews all the time. And uh, uh, so I was very excited. So uh, tell us a little bit about how you got to be a part of this video game. Well, it's funny you mentioned journalism because uh, basically everything you were taught to do correctly, uh, <laughs> thats I, I did it wrong, and that's how I got into the game. Okay. <laughs> uh, the first, first rule of journalism is do not make yourself the story. Yes, do not get involved. Uh, and, yeah. and so... I was actually, this is pre-GamePro, this was around 1994, mm. early 1994, I was writing for a brand new print magazine called Slam Magazine. It was a very different magazine for the time, you know, sports journalism was very, like, you know, uh, very staid, very stoic, and very professional, and Slam came in with this very, like, urban take on basketball. It was very much, like, uh, about street basketball, but also the pros from a street perspective. So they would follow high school players as they went up, uh, you know, stuff like that. It was, it was really great stuff. And all these cool hip writers are at this company where I was working. Uh, I actually worked for Guitar World magazine. And on the side, they were doing Slam, and they did a video game magazine and, as well. And so uh, they needed a video game columnist for Slam. And I was one of the people who showed an interest. I didn't know that much about basketball. Okay. But I, I learned as I went. And, of course, I was like, well, I like NBA Jam. That's great. <laughs> So they're like, great, you're hired. <laughs> uh, oh, to be back in those days. Oh, man. Yeah, so they're like, you, you know what these video game <laughs> yeah, things exactly. are, right? I'm like, yeah, pretty pretty well do. Uh, so I, uh, my, one of my boyhood heroes growing up on, like, Atari 2600 stuff was Mark Turmel, the creator of NBA Jam. Mm. Now, and what so were some other him... games that Mark Turmel created? Like, I don't remember his career going back that far. Like, Yeah, he was, he was sort of a... a, a, a he was like this boy genius, right? Yeah. So he was 17 or 18 when he got his first game published. Oh, wow. Uh, he did a game for the Apple II mm. called uh, Sneakers, and then he did a game for Activision called Toy Bazaar. Okay. But the game that I remembered was a 2600 cartridge for 20th Century Fox called Turmoil. Mm. And to this day, I will defend Turmoil as the best 2600 game people have never wow. played. I... Tempest 
never came out for the 2600, Turmoil was the game that we were waiting for. Okay. It is lightning fast, ridiculous action shooter. And it's like vector graphics so, like Tempest? Is it like a Tempest knockoff? No, or is it no? Oh, it's not. Thing. It's 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 Tempest style gameplay. Instead of being in a ring, you're controlling a ship that can shoot left or right down seven different alleyways. Oh, awesome! And okay. so there's enemies coming at you from all of those alleyways. So you're constantly going up and down. So it's kind of it's like Tapper, but, uh, but, but yeah, extreme yeah, yeah. Tapper. Yeah, it sounds awesome. Yes, it has the energy of Robotron, but like way more crap going on than in Tapper. Oh, awesome. So I highly recommend that finding the ROM. Yeah, it's it's awesome. So here I am as a fanboy, and I'm like I'm reading all this stuff, and I'm like, wait a minute, Mark Termel. That can't be the same guy. So I wound up being able to call, uh, do a phone interview with Sal DeVita and Mark Tamell about NBA Jam's success and Tournament Edition had just shipped or was just about to ship. So I did a column, you know, like it's time to meet the guys that made this game that made, you know, a billion dollars in quarters right. was the line. So uh, I, if you, you couldn't be creepier <laughs> than me saying, uh, so Mark, before we start, I know who you are. <laughs> and I You've had meant it me to so be like, turmoil. I'm a big fan, you know? But it wasn't, I'm a big fan. It was, I'm watching you while you sleep, you know? So, and he went, wow, that's great. Like, you know, like, he was clearly uncomfortable. <laughs> but I wound up, you know, talking to him, and it was, you know, I was super nervous. I had just started my career, and I got to talk to somebody that I really knew who they were, and I wanted him to know that I appreciated his work and all that stuff. He was a really nice interview, and we stayed in touch. Okay. Uh, and then after the right before that article went to print, I got a call back from him, and I'm like, "Uh oh!" <laughs> and he goes, "Yeah, you know, uh, remember we were talking about uh, uh, how we put like the Mortal Kombat characters in as secret characters in the NBA Jam Tournament Edition?" I said, "Yeah." He goes, uh, it, it, "We're going to need you to. It, can you take that out of the article? Like, has the article shipped?" I'm like, "No, it's actually shipping in three days." And he goes, "Yeah, um, the NBA found out, and they're really angry." Oh. Uh, and we're going to have to patch the chipset. So uh, we're gonna, I'm like, you can do that? He goes, yeah, we have to send all new chips wow. to all the streamers. Oh, my God. Do you know why the why the NBA had such a problem with this? The violence, and, maybe? Violence. But yeah, it's, yeah. Not like, it's not like the characters, you know, where Scorpion doesn't have any special moves in the game. He still plays basketball. Nope. But yeah. they just but they didn't want to be associated with it in any form. Okay. Mortal wow. Kombat was the game that at the time was like in the crosshairs of the Senate for right. being, you know, the poster boy for violent video games and everything that's wrong in America. And the NBA was somehow trying to make they didn't want to license the game in the first place okay. because arcades were where people would sell uh, drugs and get where all the ne'er do wells hung <laughs> out. It's so, like the movie again, Joysticks like, everywhere, yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right next to Satan's Hollow, are you mad? Uh, so, yeah, so they, they, it was a big deal. That was, the, I mean, people don't remember, but that was the first time the NBA licensed an arcade okay. game. And, you know, it was such a big hit that everybody was like, oh, of course, you know, we're ahead of our time. But they, they were, it was a hard sell, and then they were furious. They're like, how dare you put the guys that are ripping out the spine? Sub-Zero is in this game. No, so, he, like, a very scared Mark Termell called me back and said, we'd really appreciate it if you would, if you, I was like, you know what, I didn't, I didn't want to ruin that for anybody, right. so I didn't even put it in the article anyway. You're fine. And he goes, okay, thanks. So then when they announced Hangtime, you know, as a, as a full and proper sequel, in the meantime, Acclaim had bought the rights to the license of NBA Jam. 
the weird thing is that the Midway folks were allowed to come up with the franchise, but the NBA had to own it because it had the NBA's name mm. in it. So they they created NBA Jam, but they did not own like the IP. Oh, I see. So Acclaim had the rights to do the home versions at that point. Midway had not entered the home version themselves. They were sub-licensing all of their arcade properties, uh, most of them to Acclaim, a couple to THQ and Black Pearl. So uh, they... Uh, a claim went around Midway, just went directly to the NBA and said, look, you know, we've got our own arcade division that's going to be showing up soon. Um, and I understand you guys own NBA Jam. They don't own it. So hmm. we could buy NBA Jam from you. And the NBA said, uh, yeah, you know, that's that's fine with us. So NBA Jam Extreme is announced, and it's not by Midway. It's by Acclaim. And everybody's like, who? Acclaim? You mean the home game people? Hmm. What, you know? So that left Midway with, well, we still want to work with you, and they still wanted to do a follow-up game, but they had to start with a new franchise. They, uh, Mark Tremell actually said, he goes, you know, our lawyers are going to try to figure out whether they can, you know, how much of our game design is copyrighted and how much they own beyond the name. So that became kind of a bitter rivalry. And in talking to them about what became Hangtime, uh, you know, I said, hey, I know I've, I've talked to you guys uh, about this before, but I, I just want to ask, uh, you know, because I, I need to say it for this article because somebody might not have read all the earlier articles. It's a magazine, right? You pick up one issue at the newsstand. I said, you know, how do you go about choosing who you want for your secret characters? <laughs> okay, okay. And, you know, I, I figured it was going to be just an answer like, oh, you know, it's friends of ours or it's people that work here wasn't, or whatever. And um, sure enough, Sal. Wasn't there like presidential candidates in NBA Jam? Oh, yeah. The, Bill I, Clinton was definitely in NBA Jam, yeah. right? And Hillary, well, Hillary was one of them. That's the thing. That was added by the home acclaim version oh, wow. by the developer the Probe. So in the arcade, the original NBA Jam secret guys were like the body double um, um, Air Morris, mm. uh, who did all the dunks for them on video. Plus, there were people that like worked in the Midway Warehouse. There was a, a pinball designers. <laughs> Sheridan Owsler is in there with a with a, a derby. He's very famous for being a derby. You know, being a guy in a derby, and everybody goes, "I want to play with the guy with the derby." You know? <laughs> but mostly, it was like friends and family, or people that worked on other projects and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, I figured that would be the answer. But you know, at the time. When they did it with NBA Jam, nobody really expected that like these rumors about secret characters would learn would lead to such big earnings. Right. You know, people would be like, "I heard this rumor. That's not true. No, no, no. I've got the code. Let <laughs> I'll show you." And it makes all this money. So I'm like, "Okay, clearly this is you know that's going to happen. So how do you choose?" And he goes, "Well, you know, it's, it's friends, it's family, it's people that work or or it's people that have you know been very supportive to us and helped us." Uh, in some way, like Dan Rowan, who is the host of the local Chicago Bulls pre-show mm. on WGN, he they, they had approached him. He said, you know, we know Matthew Perry is a big NBA fan, and we found out that he also likes the game, so we invited him. And so we're going to have Matthew Perry from Friends in the game as a secret <laughs> character. I was like, oh, that's really cool. And then Sal just sort of off mic goes, hey, Dan, you want to be a secret character? <laughs> and I said, ha, 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 sure, that would be great. You know, because I'm like, of course, you know, I thought he was kidding. And he goes, all right, well, we're going to need some photos because we're actually locking down the secret character roster next week. Uh-huh. And I went, oh, my God, you're, you're, you're serious. He goes, yeah, you've been really good to us, you know, like, and, and we know you're a big fan. And, and I'm like, this would be the greatest honor of my life. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So uh, I get off the phone and... My, and now keep in mind that I, uh, I've been married for, uh, for 25, almost 25 years mm-hmm. now. Um, and I was working with my wife in this same cubicle in this little magazine company in New York City. And I got off the phone. I'm like, Kat, you're not going to believe this. 
but uh, they just asked me to be a secret character in the next arcade game. <laughs> And she goes, that's great. You should wear the bunny ears. <laughs> okay. Now, I had gotten a pair of bunny ears from a Sega CD shooter game called KO Flying Squadron. Well, that's, um, that's come up on the show a few times because it's, it's kind of a okay. holy grail of collectors at this point. Like, that's right. it's a ludicrously it's a valuable game. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. But they had sent – that was the, the tchotchke that they sent out to the press to – you know, like it was customary. You'd get a review code or you'd get a gold disc or you'd get a final game, and they'd give you like a shirt or a hat or a pencil or something. <laughs> and this one, they're like, let's get their attention and do the bunny ears. Uh, and so I, it became my thing to wear these bunny ears in photos where other people did not want to be photographed with me wearing bunny ears. <laughs> so um, my wife said, oh, you should wear the bunny ears in the photos for the game. And I said, I'm not going to do that. That's ridiculous. That's stupid. You know, like my, my grandchildren are going to play this game. Maybe I'm an emulator, but, you know, this is my legacy. And she's like, well, you know, I mean, like, otherwise you're just going to be some boring white guy that nobody remembers. Like, remember the guy with the derby? And I'm like, I do, Sheridan. Hours. That's the only yeah, guy the we derby. remember. Yeah, yeah, the derby guy. Exactly. So I was like, yeah, but I mean, come on. This is video games are serious. Yeah, and business. serious game so, and be a hang time. Yes, very straightforward. Yeah, game. exactly. I'm like, you know, this is this is this is a major award. You know, <laughs> so I, I leave the cubicle and I go down to somebody else's cubicle. And, and I said, guys, guys, I've got this awesome news. I'm sorry, I've got to share it with somebody. You're not going to believe this. It's going to make me a, a, a secret character in the next NBA Jam game. And the first thing my friend says is, cool, so you're going to wear the bunny okay. ears? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, you know, now that it's not coming from my wife, that sounds like a really good idea. <laughs> that's ma that's so marriage in a that's, nutshell right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So on my website, there is the story of, uh, like, a, a more detailed version of that anecdote. But I gave her the opportunity to respond as I'm telling the story. It's a terrible old website with very 90s well, what's designs. The, what's so the URL of that website? Uh, it's bunnyears.net <laughs> oh, slash Y, W-H-Y. Like, why do you have bunny Okay, ears? got it. Uh, and I also have a subset on that, that URL, bunnyears.net slash hangtime, which is my, my hangtime shrine, which has all the information that I know about the arcade game. So that's how it happened. Now, again, you're a journalist. Mm -hmm. You're not supposed to say yes when they <laughs> offer you something. Generally not. I remember a professor getting very mad at me when I said I would take candy if a, a source offered it as like a, 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 a treat or something. And like they, they, right. they said I shouldn't even take that. So yeah, yeah. And at the same time, I didn't go to journalism school. I went – I actually – in my college uh, experience, I took a class on writing as a critic. Mm -hmm. So I always considered myself not a journalist but a reviewer, but I was aspiring to be a journalist. And we had a journalism school. I just never took any of the journalism sure, classes. Sure, now sure. Was so the whole – like the ethics had not been slammed into my head and I was like, this is a huge personal honor. Of course, yes. Why not? Not realizing, of course that's a huge problem. you know. <laughs> but then again, we weren't selling copies of Hangtime. We, we it's, it's a $4,500 arcade game. You so know? did, you, did so, you have to recuse yeah, that, yourself from like writing reviews of that game since you're involved in it? Well, we didn't write a review because it was an arcade oh, game. Oh, even when it came so onto the N64? Like you never had – that never came up for you? Yeah, it it didn't. I mean, when it came out, I think I, I offered it to somebody else, but there might have been an N64 review out there. I was at GamePro, I think, when – or maybe I was at Digital Diner, but I, I, I had left Slam by the time it came home, hmm. if I remember, uh, and I had moved from New York to California because I have strong memories of playing the N64 version of Hangtime at my first apartment 
in uh, when I got out to the Bay Area in California. So yes, I absolutely should have either recused if I wanted to take <laughs> that honor, just stopped cold turkey. Yeah. Fun fact: I later did in a very weird thing. You mentioned I was a singer. Uh-huh. I got a chance to sing in Simlish for the Sims Bustin' Out. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> My 80s cover band played across the street from Maxis. Oh. And again, I was friendly with some of the developers because I had interviewed them. And they they were like – they. I said, hey, if you guys are – you know, wanna, we're, we're playing a free gig, at literally, the pizza joint across from your office. So they came over, and after we finished the set – one of the designers said, would you be interested in, in singing for the game? Mm. We actually have a karaoke microphone in the game, and we don't have we, – we contracted some, some vocalists, and it didn't really work out. We didn't get what we needed. And I said, let me ask my boss. <laughs> so I went to my boss, Wes Nihei, who was bro buzz at GamePro, and I was like, so I have this really unusual opportunity, and obviously I'm flattered, and my ego wants to do it. <laughs> but he goes, well, as long as you promise not to write anything about the game from here on out, I'm fine with it. Just, just remove yourself from any coverage. So in the in I'm the like, Sims busting out when the Sims use the karaoke machine, that's you. That's you singing in Simlish. Yes, some of them <laughs> okay. are. Some of them are the person they originally did, but it was a, a day long uh, recording studio uh, gig at Maxis in Maxis's vocal booth with uh, the female singer Kimsey McGrath, who was also in the '80s band. So what they basically asked us to do was just. Uh, could you do this style? Like we were an 80s band and my thing as, a, as an 80s cover band singer is that I'm a mimic. Mm, okay. Like when we do Red Hot Chili Peppers, I do I do an Anthony Kiedis voice. When we did Billy Idol, I did a Billy Idol voice. And it's something that I haven't really been able to control, but it turned <laughs> into like that's what people want to hear when they come to a dive bar and they want to hear you sing, you know, playing 80s so songs. now it's like do, Simlish do... Billy Idol. Yeah, yeah. Right. So that's what it was. Amazing. He was like, can you do Simlish Metallica? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I guess so. And can you do Simlish? Simlish Earth, Wind, and Fire is one thing that I know got <laughs> into the game. So, and I also believed, like, okay, then there must be some some master dictionary. There's a guide to speaking in Simlish, right? No. It's just gibberish? It's just you made just up words? You just make it up. Oh, my God. And that's Because it. it sounds and almost said, cohesive when you hear people speak it. It sounds right. like a, a cohesive That's just the way the brain works, of gibberish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I don't know. Right. I thought it was a very structured form of gibberish where they had done certain vowel substitutions or something like that. And they said, no, if you get it wrong, we'll just tell you. We'll just, <laughs> we'll just ask you. <laughs> you and make the wrong so, sounds. Yeah, and, like, we, we, we came up with a word that uh, – they did not like it was mandouche okay <laughs> and we're like yeah. yeah and we're like and they said mandouche is a bit problematic sure. like we are we now we hear although it, it's something i could see them advertising now kind of like the liquid death you know they're trying to get more men to drink right. water you need a mandouche. mandouche it'll clean you out yeah. yes <laughs> so yeah so i that's that's all it turned out to be it was a day of just like make up random words and make up random melodies but try to invoke famous songs so that we don't actually have to pay licensing okay so could you do like an elvis like thing in simlish <laughs> but do sort of a 12 bar blues you know this sounds like metallica a, yeah this sounds like a reggie watts yeah it sounds like a reggie watts like stand-up bit yeah. <laughs> like where you have to make up music yeah. and beats at the same time that's really awesome it was it was very difficult and i'm glad i got a chance to do it and uh, full disclosure, they did pay me. They gave me like a hundred dollar gift oh, card. Oh, great! <laughs> a day's so, work like, well it was spent. Super not ethical. And immortality. You know, you're going to be in a Sims yeah, game. Yeah, well, but, but then again, your face is how not many there. people are playing Sims busting out? 
Not as many people as playing NBA Hangtime. Not sure. My my wife does still play, like, early Sims, like, all the time. So I'm not sure if she has busting out, but she does still play early Sims. Like, she doesn't like the later Sims. So, you know, (laughs) you'll have at least one audience eventually still. So, I mean, it was just these two isolated games. It wasn't like, were you you hoping, like, a trend was emerging where you were going to be, like, the Stan Lee of video games? Like, just kind of (laughs) making little cameo (laughs) appearances here and there? So if there was a f- if uh, just to piggyback on that question real quick, if if sure. you could, if you found yourself as another secret character in any other game, where would you want to show up again? So well, I I actually my name does appear as a character in a third okay. game. Oh my god! Um, but I didn't have anything to do with it. It was uh, and this may have been on N sixty four. But it, or it may have just been the Super Nintendo. I guess it was the N sixty four. It was the Fox Sports NCAA March Madness two thousand. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, absolutely. That's uh, coming up on the show. Naturally, so, yeah. they have a whole bunch of people. They have all these student athletes that they can't, uh, they can't use their real names for legal right, reasons. They can't pay them. Anything, so yeah. they needed to fill out the rosters for all these other things. And somebody in the Fox Sports PR department was very smart, and they said, you know, why don't you take the the mastheads from all the different video game magazines that were out at the time and just flow in their names for those player things and that way like you know hey we needed names and your names are public records so i forget what what team i'm on but the entire uh like egm had a team as you know a school mm-hmm. and the, like one whole team is all the editors that were at game pro at the time and i think game informer probably is in there too you know so um if i could be a secret character in any other game Honestly, it would be uh, any of the ones that that uh, that we're working on at Ubisoft San Francisco. Uh, I have actually said to them, "I'm like, hey, here's my voice reel. If you guys need VO, uh, and and I'm I'm actually very flattered that I have been used for the temp VO. You know, before they get the real actors, sure. it's just fun to do that kind of oh, stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I don't know, like uh, Thrill Kill maybe would have been oh, a, wow. to be a, a hor- horrible <laughs> guy who gets all his limbs torn off. Yeah, let's. Let's double down I, on injury. I'm not sure you want to. I don't know if you, you want a backstory from Thrill Kill. Maybe you could be one of the no. bio freaks. Or yeah, there you go. Like That's that. pretty there close. Go. There we go. War gods. Maybe, sure, be, you know. be one of the war gods. Absolutely. So here's a here's a question. You you t- um. Do you think that I think generally the games in Midway around this time has sort of a very loose feel, and this is something I associate with Midway in general of just kind of like. Be silly, do whatever you want. Do you think that was unique to Midway, or that was kind of more of a sign of how the games industry was at that time? Because I'm guessing, you know, Ubisoft I, is probably a lot more hesitant to do something like that. Like, well, I actually, I've been kind of surprised. I'm not supposed to be talking about Ubisoft oh. anyway because I did not get this approved oh. by Ubisoft's PR. No but worries. I've been yeah. surprised to see what a good sense of humor Ubisoft has about itself. Uh, I don't know if you saw what they did for uh, for April Fool's Day this year. They did Rainbow Six Siege had like an entire like rainbow colored children's mission oh, okay. where you had to rescue stuffed animals as the hostage. I mean, like they they have a, a really good sense of humor about themselves, okay. and and my office particularly has a good sense of humor about itself. But um, uh, to answer your actual question, that was the midway culture of the nineties. There is a, a documentary coming out, uh, hopefully by the end of this year, called Insert Coin, which is specifically about the 90s run of Midway oh, wow. from NARC oh, through I the love grid. NARC. Oh, NARC is wow. like the stupidest yeah. video game Absolutely. ever made. It is so <laughs> great. You just blow up drug dealers with your missile launcher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's- and uh, it's being made by uh, Josh Sway, who is uh, one of the, uh, the guys, the, the artists – 
and designers from Midway from that time. Oh, wow. He's now interested in filmmaking. He's also the uh, the physical model for Liu Kang in Mortal oh, Kombat wow. 4. No kidding. That's Chuck yeah. Oh, wow. So if you want to see so a directed movie, movie directed by, Mortal Com- by Liu Kang, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that sounds great. So obviously, he had access yeah. to all those people. So he tells the story of, like, the culture of Midway. And it started with, you know, NARC and the sort of, like, there's no rules. Who's, who's going to care? Let's just go over the top. And then that went so well. And then that led to things like Terminator 2. Mm. Uh, and then, of course, Mortal Kombat and NBA Jam was this one, big one-two yep. punch. And they felt indestructible. So by the time they came to hang time, they trusted themselves and yeah, everything is really loose because they were like, this is fun. Let's just do it. And people responded to them having fun. So outlandish fountains of blood and ridiculous Mortal Kombat characters. What if we just had a riot cop where his special move is just shooting people? <laughs> you know, I mean, like dumb yeah. stuff. Yeah. And then, of course, yeah, you can't you can't make a dunk in NBA Jam or NBA Hangtime. That's too over no. the top. Oh, what if he like does a reverse 360 helicopter spin and then magically in air starts rotating into a cannonball? <laughs> yeah, Can we do that twice? Is there enough fire? <laughs> you know, like so. Yeah, I I honestly believe that that was that was not normal for the arcade or game development industry at the time. It was something special about Midway. There was definitely some special sauce and a weird energy going through Midway because they took the biggest creative risks and just decided to make games that entertain themselves. Mm -hmm. And it turned out that they entertained everybody else. And it was hit after hit after hit. It was really insane, their, their string of successes. Uh, but it, yeah, that's that's a midway thing. Okay. It's that was just a midway energy. So after the game came out, did you were you kind of like the basketball guy after this? Or did you get really into the sport, or were you more just kind of in the I, game realm of it? No, I did. I mean, I, I certainly approached it from from the game realm. And as the columnist for Slam Magazine, I became the regular columnist after issue two. Yeah. Um, it became my sort of job. Like the editor was really cool, and he's just like, "Look, I trust you. You tell me whatever it is that we need to do. Call whoever you need to call. Tell me how much space you need every issue." Like if I was working on something special, I'd say, "I could really use two pages." He goes, "I don't think we have two pages for you. Can you do it in one?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'll just save one of these for next issue." He goes, "Great." Wow, so awesome. you know, when I was like, "Hey, I'm going to talk," he, I think he was actually the guy that was like, "We got a call." And or do you want to talk to the guys from NBA Jam? And I'm like, sure. So yeah, I kind of fell in love with the sport. I've never been much of a sports ball guy, <laughs> but I do really like basketball. And getting into it when I was in New York, I've become a lifelong Knicks fan. So uh, that's unfortunate <laughs> for, uh, for anybody that follows basketball. But I happened to be there. And of course, this is so dumb. I was literally eight blocks away from Madison Square Garden. Mm. My office in New York was right uh, in front of the Flatiron, which people will know as the Daily Bugle from the Spider-Man movies. Um, I walked to work every every day. I would commute from uh, from Trenton, New Jersey. Uh, When I first started out, I would go into Penn Station, and then I would just walk eight blocks to, to the to the office. So I would take the train to Madison Square Garden every day. And because we were a press outlet, I I could have gotten tickets, you know, cheap cheap seats. But still, I never went to see the Knicks at the Garden. To this day, I have never seen the Knicks at home. Uh, I did finally get to see the Knicks in Florida at a Magic game because I was there 
for uh, another highly ethically questionable <laughs> precedent. Um, I feel like we, yeah, I feel, I I feel like we're accidentally gotcha-ing you here, and I don't mean to. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Like I, this like, whole pod, this whole podcast things. has just been a long sting operation. <laughs> yeah, there's somebody out there is going to be like, I knew that guy was crooked. <laughs> I'm wearing a wire behind this um, microphone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, I think the statute of limitations. Yeah, is okay, fair enough. So yeah, I I uh, I did get into basketball, and I wound up following it uh, pretty closely. Uh, I loved the Knicks. The Knicks did with the shortened strike season. I was still uh, really into basketball, and that's when the Knicks made it to the finals mm-hmm. as that really awkward eighth round uh, eighth uh, uh, seed. Uh, and then they they took it all the way, uh, and then dropped it at the <laughs> end. But it, yeah, so it was a really really good time to be into basketball because. So many interesting things were happening. Larry Johnson is still my favorite player of all time, and he was a Nick mm. at that point. Um, so, yeah, I, I am still what I would call a casual basketball fan. I can't keep my fan, hands off of arcadey basketball yeah. games. When they rarely uh, come I, out anymore, yeah. but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's yeah, a sadly I mean, like, dead genre. But I uh, find those are the only you, sports games I can truly enjoy, <laughs> is if they're really over I, the top and goofy like this. Yeah, I tried NBA Playground oh, yeah. uh, on Switch. And it's okay, but it really feels like a mobile game that's trying to rip off uh, NBA Jam, and it gets a lot of core things about NBA Jam wrong. Mm. Uh, so I, you know, I'm not. I, I just go back to playing NBA Jam or NBA yeah. Hang Time. So um, I, I have a question about that. Um, on your on sure. your website, you said that you have an arcade machine for Hang Time. Do you do you I still do. Ha- you still have that machine? Now, yes. Uh, thanks to the aforementioned wife, who's very patient and understanding, <laughs> I do have. Uh, an NBA hang time. It's an NBA jam cabinet. Actually, it's an NBA. It's the NBA jam cabinet that GamePro magazine used to oh, have cool. and needed to get rid of because they moved nice. offices. So they said, would you be willing to adopt this really? machine and take it home? Yes, you were. And so I said, yes, I will take a free NBA jam machine, knowing full well that the way that the arcade uh, worked at the time, there's this... Uh, Japanese arcade manufacturer, uh, blah, blah, blah. I forget what JAMA stands for, but JAMA is this acronym that meant everything is on the same platform. Right. In the early days of the arcades in the 80s through Dig Dug and Space Invaders and those, everybody had their own wiring diagram. They had their own PCBs, and if you had a Space Invaders machine, there was no way to make it into a Dig Dug right. machine. So early 90s, late 80s, early 90s, actually it was late 80s. The industry got together and said, we need a standard, okay? Like, here's the pinout. Everybody use this pinout. So if you buy a Tetris machine and you decide that you want to change it to a columns machine, you can do that. Just change the the, the damn uh, marquee right. mm-hmm. and just swap in the board. It's basically a giant video game cartridge. That's all it is now. Yeah. And that's why so many games in the late 80s and early 90s have three buttons because oh, that's the JAMA standard. Okay. Okay. Two joysticks and three buttons. Then Street Fighter Two comes out. Well, we need six mm-hmm. buttons. Okay, so now this is JAMA Plus. So this is a semi-standard, but not really a standard. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Well, we want four players, each with three buttons. Right. Okay, that's JAMA Plus, because we don't have all the right pinouts for okay. that. So JAMA Plus exists, um, and that's where Hangtime and JAM come in. JAM is JAMA Plus. Hangtime is built on the same exact pinout for NBA JAM. Knowing, like, hey, if you guys bought an NBA Jam cabinet from us and you're no longer making money on that and you want the latest game, buy the Hangtime upgrade kit, plug in the new board, slap some new art on there. We'll, we'll give you a new marquee, yeah. and if you, want, uh, if you want side panel art, you can get side panel art. If you want a new control panel art, you can do that. Most people, too lazy. 
They just kept the old NBA Jam graphics. They're like, whatever, it means NBA. That's fine. Nobody cares. And so, yeah, they did hang time as an upgrade kit and as a dedicated machine. And then they also did maximum hang time, which was roster updates, another chip swap, basically. Mm. Uh, and they put out a new marquee for that. So I have a maximum hang time uh, kit here. And last year at GDC, uh, both Sal and Mark were at uh, GDC to do the the 25th anniversary, I think it was, of NBA Jam. So they gave a presentation and talked about you know what they had done. And uh, so I got them to total fanboy out. Like, <laughs> I've already ruined all the ethical things. I'm like, will you please sign my bar? Nice, <laughs> nice. So I do have Jam and Hangtime and Max Hangtime. They signed all three of the marquees that I had. Um, but yeah, I have I have the TE chipset with 1.0, so I can play um, uh, Scorpion and Raiden <laughs> cool. and sub Or not Scorpion, sorry. It's uh, Reptile. There's only oh. three. It's Reptile, Sub-Zero, and when you play, And um, when you play Hangtime on it, do you often play as yourself, or do you find that it's awkward? You feel weird playing yourself. It's like listening to your own uh, voice on your podcast or something like that. It's... Woody? Yeah. What would you do? Yeah, yeah, fair. No, I... Yeah. You, you, you and Larry Johnston are a team on the Knicks every time. You're goddamn yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't argue. I would do the same thing. I mean, that... So, what I did was... Uh, the first thing I did was I just... I logged in as myself, and the code is AMRIC2020. It's the same in the arcade as... And is that a hint that version. you're running for president next year? Is no, that, is a, that no, the no, God, no, God, no. It's a... It's a it's... jobs I don't want. I may have had a lot, but that's not what I want. It's his vision. Um... <laughs> So yeah, I, I, I did I beat the uh, the game, you know, and there is an ending to NBA Hang Time. Mm-hmm. It's very weak yes. uh, because it's like congratulations, you beat all twenty six teams in the NBA. Here's a picture of Kerry Hoskins holding a trophy. <laughs> Great, and and that's it. And then after that, they start throwing you teams that are one basket away from going on fire. Oh wow! They throw random secret characters in. Uh, uh, into teams. They do all star teams without telling you. It gets ridiculously hard. So um, what I normally do is I created a new character, a, one of the generic characters that you can create in yeah. the game, and I just called him Dan instead of Amrick, and I put in a different code. Uh, and so that's the one that I normally play with. When friends come over, I invite everybody. Yeah, no, four players. Everybody plays me. <laughs> I'll tell you, you know, I'm good at point shots. You know, I'll give so did, did you get any input? Did you get any input in the game on your stats? Like when they said you want to be a secret character, did you say, "Yeah, make me a really good three point shot," or did they just make it up? No, they made okay. it up. I it was it was enough just to be honored with. We'll include you in the game. When the game went on test at the Broadway Arcade in New York City, that was one of the few places it went on test outside of Chicago. Uh, we made a, a push to go there. Like all my friends went. Like the, they were all proud and they all wanted to see it. So we went up and we played it. And uh, I, I was in. The, I think the second time we went, I was in there because the very first chipset didn't have the secrets in it yet. So uh, when when we went back, it was really weird, and everybody chose my thing. So there's four of me <laughs> playing basketball. That was a surreal <laughs> moment. But in real life, I'm five foot five. Um, I've got a lazy eye, you know, like I, I'm not exactly Hollywood material, <laughs> right? So we log it. We, we, we put my code into the game. I'm six foot six. <laughs> I'm completely ripped and I can bomb threes from the outside like all day. So, and my code is Amrick 2020. And I later asked Mark, I was like, oh, by the way, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty neat. Like you put 2020 in there probably because of my right, vision, right. right? He goes, Oh my god, no, I'm sorry. I really didn't mean it that way. Oh. 
uh, we didn't mean to imply anything about your eyes. And I'm like, oh, I, 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 I thought that was a pretty good joke, actually. <laughs> he goes, no, we were disappointed because at the very last minute, all those secrets went in there, and we felt that the codes were too easy. Oh. So, like, we were kind of hoping to, you know, I didn't have input on it. I would have suggested, you know, my birth year or, hmm. the, you know, my anniversary date or something like that. But, uh, no, I didn't have any say in it. It was just Amr 2020. And a lot of the other codes, if you look at them, a lot of them are pretty simple, like 0056. You know, like, it may mean something to somebody, but uh, it didn't mean anything to me, and I didn't, I didn't have any say in it. So, yeah. Like, it, it could have been C-Lab 2020 for all <laughs> yeah. I know. I didn't, you know. <laughs> so. And I'm sorry, I interrupted uh, earlier. You were talking about you wanted to get people over for a tournament of... Oh, yes. yeah. Um, you know, obviously... Uh, if you own an arcade machine, it is assumed that you're good at that arcade machine, right? It is. right? But at the same time, I like playing with other people, and I do have two control panels for it. I um, When NFL Blitz came out, we had an arcade machine at uh, at GamePro as well. It was regular, it was normal for the arcade games, particularly Midway, to send a full arcade machine to the video game magazines because they wanted coverage. What it turned out to be was that's what we did all day instead of working. <laughs> uh, so then we would have to write stuff to justify all the time we had wasted. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm working on a Soul Calibur. Uh, I'm working on a Soul Calibur uh, strategy guide. Are you? Yeah, yeah, I have to. I have to because uh, I just spent eight hours playing it in work time. Right, exactly. And so NFL Blitz was the game that we were allowed to goof off with a little bit because our president of the company like okay. okay all right so he would go over and play blitz so he was like when are we going to get the four player version right so they sent us the upgrade kit to blitz 99 which added four players that little two person uh control panel went home with me because they're like we don't need this and, and we're never going to take the four player off you want it i'm like yeah i can this is actually built for the same cabinet spec as nba jam so in my small apartment i could flip the dip switches on the game and make it a two-player game instead of a four-player game so i have two and four and i usually uh you know i i want to have the four-player one on there and i want to have people over and i keep saying i'm like guys this whole thing should just be a boss battle like we'll do a bracket tournament but i'm not in the bracket tournament i'm the final boss that you have to beat <laughs> and I'll, pl I'll play you guys with the ai i'll just let's make a two-on-one and they're all like, no, no, no. So nobody's ever come over. Nobody ever wants to have the tournament, even though I'm sort of like, no, no, guys, I'm Goro. I'm just Goro. You know, like, let's do it that way. They don't want to do it. So. I always felt like having the computer player on your team was better than an AI, better than a real person. Yeah. You, oh, yeah. I don't know. It's not, not necessarily okay. in hang time. Uh, I mean, they'll go up for a double dunk way more than a human yeah. player will. Human player doesn't know they can do that. It's not a natural thing. You have to practice with a teammate to do that. The uh, There's a, an arcade collector show every July out here in Santa Clara, right near the 49ers stadium, called California Extreme. And um, one year somebody said, we're having an NBA Jam tournament. And I'm a volunteer for that, that event. I come and I, I'm actually the announcer and I help. Uh, run the social media for it and oh, stuff awesome. but i said i said guys like i might need to take like an hour off of the announcement because there's going to be an nba jam tournament <laughs> and you are legally obligated to play in that yeah <laughs> i'm like i'm really good at nba jam i'm like but i don't have a partner it was a doubles tournament mm -hmm. right so uh a friend of mine was there his name is bowen karens and i knew bowen just because he was doing like funny game show stuff at this this little like arcade convention you know i'm watching this documentary on pinball called special when lit which is a really good documentary if you're interested in the history of pinball 
and there's Bowen. And I'm like, wait a minute, what's Bowen doing? Bowen is a three-time world pinball champion. Oh, okay. oh, my God. And I'm like, I didn't know you were a pinball champion. And he goes, yeah, why do you think I was there? I'm like, I thought you were there doing fake game shows. You know, like, it's like a nerd. He goes, well, I am a nerd, but I'm a very specialized nerd. Yes, I'm... He's a championship-level you know, nerd. Yeah. He, at the time, he was reigning champion yeah. of, of pinball. So, um, so Bowen's like, I played a little NBA Jam. I'll, I'll do it with you. I'm like, you will? All right. So we entered as a doubles tournament, and we lost in the final. Oh. Because, <clears throat> but we knew. I, he's just like, well, look, tell me what you want me to do. Because I, I can move the ball around, but you're the yeah. expert. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> Here's what we do. You know? So I was like, he's like, who do you want to be? I'm like, everybody was, nobody was allowed to take the same team. Okay. So I was like, if nobody's taken the jazz, as much as I hate the jazz... <laughs> This is yeah. Stockton and Malone, yeah, the, the, and the way to win at these NBA games from Midway is to bomb threes. Dunks are fun. Hmm. Dunks are flashy. You want to run up the scoreboard? Get your ass on the other side of John, that line. John Stockton just get, drops him in, and Carl Malone plays the exactly, D. That's yeah. exactly I was like, you be Malone. I'll be Stockton. Just keep dishing out to me when I call for it, and that's how we just ran that tournament. It was And it was only that last team that was like, no, 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 no. We do that shit, too. <laughs> okay. Yeah, like, yeah. So, uh, so yeah. That's that's. Uh, I I would love to be in a tournament, but it's sort of like it has to be an AP tournament, you know. Like uh, I've, I've I've got advanced placement. No one will come near me because they assume I'm too good, <laughs> and I'm not good at a lot of video games. There's only like two games that I feel like I'm good and could be competitive at. One of them is NBA Jam slash NBA Hang Time. Obviously, I'm better at Hang Time. I'm used to yeah. the the spin move and, and all speed. that. You know, NBA Hang Time's a lot faster. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I really like the the, the speed. Uh, and the other one is Magical Drop Two on Neo Geo. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, I, that is the only game I will brag about. <laughs> like, and what a dumb game to brag about, you know? Like, it's not like getting headshots in Call of Duty. <laughs> it's like, yo, I will drop jewels and and balls on your face. Here we go, you know. And so, yeah, I actually got into a fight with another game. Ex- oh, well, she's she's still a games journalist. Uh, 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 Heidi. Uh, she goes by Zero Chan on, online. Mm. Uh, I can't remember her last name, um, but Heidi it says that she will beat me at Magical Drop, and I'm like, no, you won't. Like, I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not afraid to to beat up on a girl, and I will take you to the cleaners. <laughs> it got so bad that I created a milk carton with her name on it, saying, "Have you seen my Magical Drop game?" and put that around on social media. We still haven't finished this. I think this needs to be like a big like Twitch charity event now at this point. We, like, and and I said, yeah. let's do it. And she was doing uh, – there was a Twitch opportunity that we had. She sometimes comes – she's also very much into fighting games. She's the biggest Virtua Fighter expert I know. Um, but she goes to Evo, and sometimes Evo is at the same weekend as Pac – or as Cal Extreme. So they're not on this – I don't believe they're on the same weekend this year. So I'm hoping that maybe this year we'll be able to make it a real thing. And I'm like, you know, I think I've still got a magical drop. No, I don't. I did. For a time, I had a, I had a Game Pro's old Neo Geo one slot oh cabinet. So uh, and and I I inherited like thirty games with oh. it in mint condition. So I, that's where I really fell in love with Magical Drop two and three. So uh, yeah, I, I'm practicing on Switch, but I'm ready. Like I, I'm I'm always in shape to do a Magical Drop. <laughs> so on on the, on this note, I just like to take this opportunity to if you're you're in LA, right? Is it no mm-hmm. where? No, I'm in. Uh, I'm in, I'm just outside San Francisco. Okay. I did live in LA for a couple of years, but uh, I've I've been back in San Francisco for about five. So years So if now. you ever find yourself up here, uh, we were in we're in Bellingham, right by the border. Or if I'm down in San Francisco, I will challenge you yeah, to NBA. Hang, I am very good, really also good very good game. NBA hang time. 
So I would love uh, to I, have. I feel like some I could real... at least give you a good run. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I would love to have some real competition. And, uh, tell I think tell that me would from an great. expert, who's who's the best team in this game? Is it is it the Sonics? Is the Sonics the best team in NBA hang time? So I feel like it might. I, I think I'm supposed to say yes. <laughs> I, I think because you're in Bellingham, I'm supposed to say yes. <laughs> no, I want I want the um, I want the factual answer here. Is it? I mean. All the all the classic squads from that era are super strong. Um, I mean, the Bulls, even without Jordan, are are still really good in hang time. Uh, Lakers are really good. Um, the Hornets are not bad uh, because they've still got Alonzo at this point. Mm. I th- think, or is it the Heat? The I heat, think it's maybe the, maybe heat the Heat. Had heat yeah, yeah. The, the Heat are very good, and yeah, I think the okay. Spurs are very good in this game too. Yes, and this—I mean—the Spurs were the champs during oh, this time okay. several times. So, so the, yeah, the Bulls and the Spurs are probably really your, your best bet. I know the Mavericks are not. I can tell you, like the Mavericks are not who you want to play. <laughs> okay, wait, and, then, um, and generally speaking, I don't think the Raptors are who you want to play. No, I always choose them because I no. like the colorful dinosaur, and then they're always bad. Yeah, any team <laughs> yeah. from Canada yeah. is probably not May, not going to yeah. get you there. Yeah, yeah. Man. Okay. Right. I mean, Vince Carter is on there, and if you can, you know, you, you play him as as a you know as an all star character or something, that's great. But um, yeah, that's uh, yeah. I mean, I did Knicks out of out of love for the Knicks, but when my friends come over, they want to play the Lakers or they want to play the Warriors because it's like Latrell Sprewell era. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, and it was right before. I th- I think I think Spree is still on the Warriors uh, because he had not moved to the Knicks yet, or he had he had gotten he had left or something. I don't mm. know, but they. Yeah, we, we've like, bogged down into boring that, that sports era. talk. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember who's. Yeah, oh no, 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 you're not boring. Okay, no, 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 no. <laughs> no we, uh, 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 I'm trying to remember who Spreewell even played. I just remember he was the guy who choked his coach. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's the only yes, thing I remember well, yeah. about Spreewell. That and that was when he was on the Golden State Warriors, and then he got traded to the Knicks, and the Knicks are like, "We like people with muscles." <laughs> you know? Oh, so you choked a guy? Come on, man, it's New York. It's no I choked the guy on my way to work this morning. Come on, yeah, forget that's about how we it. Go. It's what we, that's how we say hello. What? It's a handshake, except for you. <laughs> Every single one of us is walking here. Come on, that's exactly. <laughs> that's amazing. Well, we have already taken way more of your time than we said we would. Thank you so much for telling us these stories. No, it's my fault. No, 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 no. We, we'd love to hear it. Uh, I wanted to give you a chance to uh, uh, tell people where we can find your writing. Tell us a little bit about Palette Swap Ninja, all the really cool stuff you got going on. And thank you for sure. clarifying how to pronounce Ubisoft. That's been a debate around here because we never heard it spoken okay. out loud. So it's you, like like Y-O-U-B-Soft. Not Ubisoft. Not Ubisoft. I've been saying Ubi. So that's good to clarify. You're- you're both right. Oh, we're both right. Okay. You're both right. So if you are in America, you say Ubisoft. If you are in Europe, you say Ubisoft. Ah. Well, I am. If you are in Montreal, you say Ubisoft. I am very French Canadian. Yeah. Okay. So either way is fine. All right. We'll get your. It's fine too. Since, since we're um, on the subject, can we get your ruling on is it Turok Dinosaur Hunter or Turok Dinosaur Hunter? I always thought it was Turok. Turok. See, that's how I say like, it, too. Yeah, it's it's a, definitely Turok. You, but yeah. I know a lot of other people say two rock, like, as opposed to one rock or three rock. <laughs> exactly. I, rock. I think he says it in the I, game. I am two rock. Oh, does he? Two, okay. Or does he? Okay, well, I mean, that would be the ultimate. That, that might ultimate trump answer. it. But that, that's been an ongoing debate. People made fun of me for saying Turok, and now I second-guess myself every time it comes out of my mouth. 
<laughs> I I said Turok, uh, and Acclaim never changed, uh, never never corrected me while while they came to to demo all those games. Maybe they at Game Pro, let's so. find the baby that somebody in England named Turok and see if right? see if they yes. see how they pronounce it. And I think that should be the definitive one since they had to live they with that have, name. They have the right. It's either Ubisoft or Ubisoft, uh, and uh, somebody actually asked Eve, our our global CEO, and he said it's however you want to okay. do. It. Okay, thank you. Thank you for mentioning us. Was basically all. <laughs> sure, as long as you're talking yeah. about it, and it's generally right. That's awesome. Yeah, he was he was happy. So, so. yes, uh, tell tell us about where we can find your stuff. I know you've written a book. I know you've got a lot of uh, uh, articles in the web out there, and I know Palette Swap Ninja is just killing it, and it's hilarious and awesome. Uh, where can people find your stuff? Well, the the boring day to day, I do tweet a lot, so I'm at Dan Amrick, mm-hmm. uh, and I do have a book out. If you are curious. I, the the number one question that I got all the time at GamePro, uh, I would read and answer the reader letters at GamePro and at OXM and at all the places that I worked. I liked doing that interaction, and that led me to later a career in community. But uh, I want your job. I'm 13, and my mom says I have to start thinking about what I want to do for, my, uh, for uh, a job, and I like video games, so how do I get your job – testing games air quotes yeah it's not testing it's a completely different skill set and i realized that there was no manual for that there was nobody it's a pretty insular group of people that review video games and it's so competitive that they know that there's somebody who will do it for free let alone for cheaper there's Uh, somebody who will make whole year-long podcasts reviewing (laughs) reviewing games for free so you know but there were people out there who were legitimately interested in, I want to learn how to do this the right way. Most of the letters we got were people going, I want free games. <laughs> but every once in a while, I would write back to somebody and they would ask me all the right questions. And so I thought, I should really write this down. Like, nobody else is going to do this. So for a brief period of time, I left uh, being a reviewer. I went to do sort of like advertorial garbage, which I hated. Mm. Um, and I, so during that time, I started writing a book on how to review video games for a living. Uh, it took me eight years to do it because then I rejoined uh, at a video game magazine and a website and stuff. And I learned all this new stuff <laughs> that I needed to incorporate in and how it had changed from print to online oh, yeah. and all, you know, through all of Whole that. So word, yeah. the book. The book is called Critical Path, How to Review Video Games for a Living. You can get it on Amazon. It's cheapest to get it on Kindle. It's, but find uh, the most expensive pe- <laughs> version to get out there, people. Send some, send some money yeah. this way. I, well, here's the funny thing is, uh, like, actually, I think I make the most margin off of the Kindle version. So oh, the cheaper version go. actually makes me more money. That works but better people better. wound up buying the print version much more than I thought they would. That's awesome. Uh, I, they, uh, the, the, the Kindle outsells the, the print, like, two to one. But I ask people, I'm like, I got to ask you, why do you want a print version? They're like, because it's, it's like, real, you know? They said it's it's a reference book now. Yeah. I can pull it down from the shelf and and look up what I'm I have a question about. I as mean, I'm it's writing. the same reason like, that we want to play NBA Hangtime on the arcade machine as opposed to downloading the ROM on our phone. Yeah, it's because exactly. because right. it feels real. Yeah, it feels it, it just feels it, it has a better sense of it. Yeah, it's hard to that ineffable kind of thing, you know. Yeah. So that was a that was a, a huge compliment. But the the book really is uh it's it's not just how to write video game reviews i wanted it to act as sort of a general writing guide but with people who have that in mind so if you're just a writer and you want to know like how do i get better at writing in general or how do i approach a video game 
website and ask for a job? Like, or what should I do? I finally get to go to E3 as press. What do I do? I kind of tried to lay out your entire career path if you review video games for a living. Uh, right up to what happens when you get bitter and burnt out <laughs> and you're not doing anybody any good anymore. So, um, yeah, that's out there. Uh, I'm very proud of that. And, yeah, it took like eight years to write because I would rather be playing games than writing sure. about them. Uh, so, you know, there was an entire year where it was like, hey, how's your book coming along? I'm like, not so good, but I've got seven alts in World of Warcraft. <laughs> there you go. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's out there. I don't, you know, I don't write professionally anymore. Um, I mean, I write as part of my sure. job at work. Sometimes I write for, for, uh, for websites, you know, for the Ubisoft website and stuff like that. But uh, huge conflict of interest now oh, where yeah. I had to review any video games. <laughs> but, yeah, those who can't do teach. So I decided, like, when I hung it up, I was going to at least offer some wisdom to the next generation of people who were serious about, you know, everybody's got an opinion. But backstopping that opinion and, and helping somebody make a decision – with their money, like I was always focused on on the twelve year old kid that was like, I get three games a year. I get one for my birthday, I get one for Christmas, and I get one for uh, saving up my my summer earnings, you know, on a paper route or mowing lawns or whatever. And it wasn't; it was a big deal. Yeah. So they needed to know that they were buying the right I game. I mean, that for meant them. a lot. Those that meant a lot with Steve and I. Oh yeah, yeah, and absolutely, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that was always what I thought. People would, you know, GamePro kind of got the the, the reputation for being like a juvenile magazine because we all wrote under. Uh, 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 cartoon character names, which was not our choice. We we had we could choose what our names were, but we we weren't allowed to write under our real names. That's yeah. why I chose Dan in my name, so that people would at least go, "Oh, who's on the masthead? Oh, there's one guy <laughs> named Dan. That must be Dan Electro." And Dan Electro is a um, brand of guitar as well, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Because I had I had come from the world of guitar, and I had come from literally Guitar <laughs> <Yeah>. World magazine. <laughs> So uh, and Dan Electro was a defunct brand at that point. Nobody owned it. It was a dead brand from the '60s. So I thought that's funny, and I'll do it like an electrical superhero, and we'll split it into two words, and we'll put a K in there instead of a C, and nobody, will, you know, guitarists will get it, but no guitarists are reading this. <laughs> like six months after I took the name, they uh, they somebody bought the brand and started making gear again. Oh, and I'm no. like, oh god, we're gonna get sued. <laughs> we never got sued. Well, that's good. Um, so yeah, that was uh, that's the book and why the book exists. Um, when I got to the Bay Area, um, I used to sing as a kid. Like, I used to sing opera as oh, a kid, wow. and I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> uh, but I have opera training, so I can hit really high notes, and I know how to sing from my diaphragm and all that stuff. My parents hated rock music. I always loved rock music, and I loved 80s New Wave. I got to doing karaoke out here with friends, and I thought, like, this feels really good. I could. Pr I wonder if I could do this, like, you know, in a bar band or something. So uh, I joined a, an 80s cover band. They They had auditions. I got the gig. Uh, they also needed a new keyboard player. That other keyboard player wound up being Jude Kelly, who is literally a rocket scientist, but his hobby is collecting and restoring classic arcade games. Wow. So we hit it off really oh, well. Yeah. Um, and then he left for uh, for a different job in Boston. Uh, he went on to be a, a college professor, as you do. Um, and I said, you know, I miss working with you. Uh, and we're both, you know, we grew up on nerd culture, we grew up on Star Wars, and we grew up on Weird Al and stuff like that. So being video game nerds, and I was at OXM at the time, so I was playing a lot of Xbox games, that's just where my head was, we started writing Weird Al-style video game parodies specific to Xbox. We did one about the three red lights problem, we did one about the shame of playing Viva Pinata, because that's for kids enjoy it, and... You know, and then we just did stuff about gamer culture, like how people don't know how to spell in online forums, and 
we did a whole but we did a World of Warcraft thing about uh, uh, not, never being able to play Alliance. You have to play Horde and have people that feel really strongly about that and stuff. So um, we have all of those for free uh, up on our website, which is PalletSwapNinja.com. We're on Twitter as PSwapNinja, uh, which makes it easier because you don't have to spell anything. <laughs> um but our, our now we're better known for this crazy concept album that we did over uh, once I finished the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's literally as soon as I finished the book, uh, Jude and I went to PAX with my wife Kat, and uh, we got to talking about what we wanted to do. We we were doing all these like little one-off singles. We did a song about collecting arcade games called Arcade Gaming Shrine, and we actually shot a video for that. So if you want to go to YouTube, that's out there. Um, and. We decided, you know, like the story songs that we did, the song about like the guy that's collecting the arcade games or the guy that thinks he's really good at Halo because he can beat single player and then he gets online and he gets his ass kicked. You know, like people seem to react to those songs better. So we're like, well, what if we told like an album length story? Could we do a parody of an entire album? And my first thought was I wanted to take uh, the Who's Tommy because I'm a huge Who fan. And I wanted to tell the story of the King of Kong, the, the oh, documentary yeah. about the competitive that's, that's a good idea. And this whole thing, it wasn't a good oh. idea, though, Woody. Uh, it was a terrible idea. It seemed idea. like a good idea. That sounds great. Yeah. It, well, we, I workshopped it for a year before I realized the only joke I had was, see me, feel me, touch me, weeby. Okay. <laughs> Did you, and that was not enough you to sustain know? a 70 minutes. Album, so right? I, I so, met. This is just random aside. I met Steve Weeby at a conference, uh, pinball conference once, and I bought his uh, Christian music album called "The King of Song." So, <laughs> oh boy! Yeah, I just, I just I, it's that important that you know that that exists. Yet. That could go back in there. I, yeah. But I mean, I feel like you've got now you've I, got a hot sauce wizard. You know, you can you can you right. can get back into this. I, I believe in this maybe project. maybe it's just not enough reach of a parody. You know, because it's already you're taking like a pinball thing and you're turning it into a arcade. Arcade. Thing. So yeah. you're not quite usurping and changing well, it enough hmm. that it's it wasn't even that it was it was my wife said and, and i'll never forget this we were walking to lunch uh outside the boston convention center the old bcec and i said she said you you guys are doing this all wrong uh because i don't get to see jude very often again he's in boston i'm on the west coast we if i go to pax boston then i get together with him and we'll have lunch or something and that's about it and i said you know i'm really sorry but this is just going nowhere this big like we haven't done a song in a while and my wife just turned to me, she goes you guys are you're nuts nobody cares okay <laughs> nobody cares about tommy the way that you care mm. about tommy it's a big album and it's important but it's not like on on the tip of everybody's tongue she goes and and nobody cares about king of kong except your arcade nerds okay. she goes i know that's what you've you've written about all your songs are about video games and there's nothing wrong with that but if you guys really want to do something this ambitious you need to take two things that everybody knows and that everybody is already emotionally invested in everybody loves something like i don't know take like star wars and sing it over sergeant pepper and she just said it as a like what if right and i looked at jude and jude looked at me and like you could see the little cartoon light bulbs and i was like you know that that could work and so over the course of the lunch, we had planned out the story arc, and we had a couple of the jokes. We had Lucas in the desert and whining for Lucy in the sky. and, and <laughs> So we retold the story of the first of, of Star Wars, of A New Hope, uh, in order to the, order, the track order of Sergeant nice. Pepper. And it just wound up syncing up pretty well through most of it, and I just used a shoehorn for the rest. <laughs> Uh, and then we re- we worked on that for five years. We re-recorded the entire album ourselves, 
was just the two of us passing stuff back and forth over the internet in secret because and and you may not know this but the funny music community is deadly competitive really okay Cut so like, through, there cut is a novel come music. outside in the flight of the Concords of slash your tires. Yeah. Or... <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, not them, but no, there, no. there is a group online that is very insular and very clicky yeah. and very like, we're funny. Look at us. And so we were the outsiders. And you know, uh, if you're a comedian, you want validation. You want to know that you're Absolutely. funny, right? Like that's that's just natural. That's uh, that's not a that's not a flaw. But the people that make funny music are really into that. And like, have you heard my latest thing? Have you heard my latest thing? I'm funny. No, 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 you're funny. And like this little group is sort of like, I'm f- you're funny. No, you're funny. No, you're funny. No, you're right. I'm funny. Oh, you're right. You're funny. Ha ha ha! They pat each other on the back. So like, we had to submit our songs in like a secondary tier. Like you guys aren't in the club yet. Prove to us you're funny. God. So we did that, and then they're like, okay, you can come in. I'm like, well, actually, we're about to start this, this, this ambitious project. We're not going to have any new tracks for you for a while, but thank you. And they're like, oh, what are you working on? I'm like, it's a surprise. You'll see. And then four years later, <laughs> you know, uh, they're like, oh, uh, uh, what, what are you working on? I'm like, uh, you'll, you'll see. You'll see. You know. And I honestly believe that if we had given that – if we had told them, oh, we're, we're doing a, a Star Wars version of Sgt. Pepper, somebody would have done it and done it faster oh, yeah. than no us. No question. And, and not done it our way, and and would have like, haha! I got there first, so yours doesn't it's matter. All, it's so almost one of those ideas that it was surprising that someone hadn't done it before. Right? Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. terrified that somebody was yeah. going to come up with it, and I was like, we couldn't say anything. And yeah, how, how could you not? They're two giant pop culture milestones. Oh, yeah. So uh, we release it, and we decided to release it on May first. The it was the the fortieth anniversary of Star Wars and the fiftieth anniversary of Sgt. Pepper. Oh, wow. So May 25th and June 1st. So we decided the Star Wars people are going to pick up on this more. Like the Beatles people might think it's sacrilege, <laughs> but the Star Wars people are going to think it's funny. And we needed to you know, represent both halves with full respect, which is what took a long time. It took 18 months just to finish the lyrics in a truly final form because we got to get all the references right. We got to get all the Beatle cadence right. You know, We got to do everything right because the internet is going to kill us if we do this wrong. So um, – the result was we posted it on May 1st, hoping like maybe it'll get out there by May the 4th so that on Star Wars Day, people will share the link. You know, And it's a free album. Mm. We can't charge for it. Both Lucas and the Beatles would come after us with you know daggers and take our I hear they've got pretty good lawyers in both of those companies. Yeah, so, like uh, we, picked, <laughs> we picked two of the single most litigious <laughs> entertainment know. properties on the planet. Um, but within 18 hours, some uh, IO9 picked it up. And then all of a sudden, it was off to the races, Entertainment Weekly, Rolling Stone, NPR. And Jude had told me, like, hey, uh, I think we should get on NPR for this. I'm like, dude, you're, you're smoking crack. There's no <laughs> way NPR is going to notice that we did this. I'm like, yeah. And I'd like Mark Hamill to see it. You know, that would be, you know. Sure enough, two days later, Mark Hamill tweets and says, ingenious. I've got – I need help getting my jaw off the floor. This is amazing. Somebody did this stuff together. And we're like, oh my god, it's the ultimate validation. Luke Skywalker liked yeah. our joke about Luke Skywalker being a whiny baby. <laughs> that's amazing. I mean, I think that's how uh, I first so, heard about that song. Like how I first heard about Palace of Ninja. So, sorry, what, what's the name? I feel like we I feel like we glossed over the actual name of the album. Sorry, yeah, yeah I never actually said it. It's Princess Leia's Stolen Death Star okay. Plans, yes, which matches you. the cadence perfectly for Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club yes. band. Everything in the entire project hits the cadence correctly. It was me. I didn't know the word 
until after we released the album. But uh, all through it, I was telling Jude, I'm like, I'm sorry it's taken me so long for these lyrics. And Jude co-wrote it, but I was generally, I started the lyrics and he would help me refine mm-hmm. them. Uh, I said, I want to get the cadence right. You know, like if the syllables mm-hmm. are in the right order, then our parody lyrics have to hit the same beats. You can't, you know, do syllables <laughs> because then... But a lot of funny songwriters will do that. Like, I got to get this joke in. It doesn't matter that it doesn't fit the cadence. I'm like, no, that's the secret sauce of Weird Al. Not only does he always keep it clean so that everybody can enjoy it, and he keeps it relevant, stunningly fast and relevant, but he gets the cadence right every time. And I realized that was part of his secret sauce. I'm like, if we can get that right, we'll do it. So it's called, in poetry, it is called scansion. Oh, yes. Getting scansion, getting the flow of the beats of the poetry correctly. And we, after it came out, we saw this whole thread in one area that said, somebody really sweat the scansion on this. And they're like, (laughs) yeah, I know. I'm like, what the fuck is scansion? And I had to look up the word scansion. And I went... Oh, it's the thing that I said we needed to do. Pretty sure it's the things you, know? you put so, like lights on in hallways, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, no, no, that's a scotch. Yeah. Oh, damn it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So Jude, Jude and I still laugh now. We just go scansion, you know, because like we, <laughs> neither of us knew. But that was the secret. So yeah, we were super happy. It, it went as viral as something uh, like that can go. It was free, so we didn't get sued. Um, we got written up in a lot of like, you know, like. Nerdist wrote said it was the greatest parody of all time, oh and I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> so, you know, so yeah, we we last year we did it live with a with a full symphony orchestra, wow, which was me. oh amazing. my god. So there's some videos that we just released actually at the beginning of the month for the two year anniversary of the album um, through crowdfunding and through the generosity of a lot of people. We worked with an orchestra and we did a one night only performance in a beautiful uh, symphonic hall at uh, UC Berkeley. Wow. And we recorded it and the recording naturally got destroyed. Yep. So we salvaged what we could of the recording. Uh, and there is a five song EP and there are videos on YouTube that you can see that too. So uh, yeah, that's probably way more than you wanted to know. No, but you can great. find that on Twitter at Dan Amrick at PSwap Ninja and then uh, PalletSwapNinja.com. And then my personal website about Hangtime, let's make it relevant, is bunnyears.net slash Hangtime. Uh, and that will take you to the rest of all of my nerdy websites if you really care about me, which you probably don't. You well, just they, want the code. They codes. probably do if they've listened this far into the podcast, I feel like. Or they're really bored. Or they're stuck in traffic and they're like, it's better than listening to, uh, you know, like the car. That's, our, that's our demographic. Yeah, we're, we're, we're aiming that's for That's our tagline that we put under every episode. Better than listening to the car idol, Ultra 64. <laughs> There you go. Well, Dan, thank you so much. You've been so generous with your time. We've got to these amazing stories. Thank you so much for taking this time with us. We really appreciate it. We're, we're going to go play a all Amrick team in your honor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See if we can... Remember, bomb the bomb threes. Bomb the threes, absolutely. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Thanks for inviting oh, me on. Absolutely. Obviously, like, this this really is one of, like, the hugest honors that, that I, as a geek, oh, yeah. you know, like, I have, I, I'm a secret character in a successful and good oh, video game. video game. Uh, and I will, I will take that to my grave, being proud of that. And you know, again, it's it, none of it is my credit. It's all the credit of the team. The fact that they were nice enough to extend that, just as a friendly, like, thanks for writing nice things about us in a totally non-ethical way. <laughs> yeah. But I'm glad that I broke that ethical thing because I would be kicking myself and I would not be talking to you now if it weren't for the fact that Sal and Mark just said, "Sure, that'd be fine. We'll throw you in the roster. Who cares?" I mean. You know, I cared, That's and, it, and it meant a lot to me. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very, and I have my N64 copy of Hangtime in a little plastic case yes. on my desk. And people go, "Why do you have that there?" And then I bore <laughs> them for an hour and a half and say, 
glad you asked about it. Pull, pull up a chair and I'll spin you a yarn. About my, Let's go to yeah. lunch. And the great yeah. thing is, I'm I'm not a journalist anymore, so it's totally ethical for me to ask to be the next Assassin's Creed lead. You know, so if you need somebody, sure. I, if you if you want to hook that up, that's no problem. If, if you want kind of like a pudgy middle aged guy to be the new assassin, like yeah, we can set it in modern age. Sure, absolutely. Sure, <laughs> I would love to be an NPC somewhere in one oh, of those man. games, but yeah. I... We don't, we don't do the Assassin's games in San Francisco. We do the South Park games. And oh. You may or may not want to be in the South Park game uh, because you're you're going to be, you know, on. there's yeah. going to be flooding. Yeah. Yeah. I do like those games a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's fantastic. Well, I thank you so much again for taking the time. I mean, you weren't feeling well and you still made time for it. And uh, I, I'm flattered that you no, asked. Thank you very it's much. It's been a pleasure, Dan. Thank you so much. It was great to meet you. All right. All right. Have a great evening. Bye, Woody. Bye Dan. Take care. Thanks, guys. Bye.